0: and welcome to shift f1 a podcast about speedy race cars that by the way is hungarian for it is below the frog's butt
1: <laughs> meaning
0: Jesus. uh the quality fam- of something oh. is very bad It's a family podcaster i'm sorry uh someone needs to check the cables on the vsc system or something uh get some <laughs> gold plated ones from fries i'm uh, drew scanlon joining me danny o'dwyer how are you danny
1: uh, great. Always buy the most expensive HDMI cable you can. You can really see the difference. Uh, it's important to you, you. Go with at least three figures. I'm doing good. Um, surrounded by HDMI cables because I'm recording this podcast in the only piece of equipment still set up in my home because the moving guys are literally at this moment <laughs> emptying my house. So I'm looking for a fun type podcast, and then uh, I'm going to um, pack up this computer and move to Nevada. F- not, fantastic. not not Nevada, which half the people I tell I'm moving to. Nevada is a city which is close to San Francisco. Um, and then also I'm going to Ireland on Wednesday. So there's a lot. I'm, I'm doing all right.
0: Wow. Uh, speaking of gilded metal, also joining us, Rob Zachney. How are you, Rob?
2: Not bad. And hold on. With the HDMI 2.1 standard, you really do. <laughs> there is a case to be made to make sure That's like true. you're getting the right standard. Because those That's things true. are expensive right now. You want that HDR, right? Absolutely. You want, you want the variable <laughs> refresh. Well, nobody supports that for shit, but eventually you'll <laughs> want that, right? How did
1: they mess up HDMI? How did they also make that? We've, we've done the same thing they did with like USB, like small USB ports. where there's being a, a major-
0: consortium. <laughs>
2: that's how they did it when this has come up i've i've heard people be like hdmi has like foundational issues with it as a format and a way to Uh carry signal that like displayport apparently does not have like displayport is a much better standard and i guess could have scaled um but talk to Vinny caravella yeah he's been on a soapbox about using sdi for everything for
0: years and i for one agree
1: do not trust this handshaking nonsense it does not Nothing handshakes. Not at all. Also, That's, DisplayPort it's looks... It's disgusting feels,
0: handshaking. I'm with General Patton on this.
1: Yeah, we're, we're Air 5s all around. DisplayPort just has a good...
2: If They're futuristic. It, it feels has, like I'm plugging in like a Terminator's arm or something. Yeah, but I just don't <laughs> like it has that little squeeze to release thing. Because but I'm always like... That, like yeah, it's always too fussy. I always feel like I'm I'm accidentally like damaging the, the sockets. You just gotta uh, squeeze
1: a little softer, Rob, baby. Come on. You know, it also has to Bring be a back little fire bit fire softer. Uh, <laughs> is, do not... How Charles dare Leclerc.
2: you, how dare you, sir? <laughs> Charles, softer touch.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what's you know yeah, you know what's good? <laughs> Rob's trying to get us back on board here on track. Um uh I'm kicking around in the dirt. Uh the last thing I want to say is, hey, if you mention firewire, I, firewire, I get like a, a a in my stomach it turns because of the amount of ports I blew out. <laughs> like at least in HDMI and display port, you're not blowing out ports because yeah. of electrical signals uh and and having yeah, having to buy new ones.
0: Ugh. Well, Uh. you can't stop this signal. Welcome to Shift F1 if you're new to Formula 1 itself. Boy, we've got an episode just for you. The preseason primer episode assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, it's episode 178. Also, this show is supported entirely by our audience over at patreon.com slash shiftf1, where every month we release bonus podcasts and sometimes videos exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films. F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of that fun stuff, head over to patreon.com slash shift F1, or click the link in the show notes. What is going on over in Patreon land this month, Danny?
1: Uh, we had a great little recording last week where we, uh, wa- clo- <laughs> speaking of Novato, we watched a movie, American <laughs> Graffiti, which was filmed uh, like 10 minutes up the road in Petaluma here in Northern California. George Lucas's... Um, I don't know, like, like Homeland America, like 50s or 60s, early 60s car culture, you know, early sixties, teen culture, cruising culture, uh, movie, the classic itself, and which I'd never seen before. So we had a great uh, time talking about that. Uh, so you can go check that out on the podcast feed immediately. If you sign yeah, I up, I really
0: enjoyed that. If you, if you think, if yeah. you've never seen this movie before, you're like directed by George Lucas, no thanks. Maybe reconsider. <laughs> it's pretty
1: it's good. Like, it's like sand, you know, it gets everywhere <laughs> for a movie like written by George Lucas. Also, it's pretty, dialogue is all right. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks to all of our incredible, can you hear the house like stomping around me? It's like I feel like it's. Are there actually movers moving? Oh yeah, they're like uh, in the room above me, moving
2: boxes. So I can hear <laughs> That's them. That's <stomping>.
1: incredible. <laughs> yeah, I had to lock this door so they wouldn't move me out into a truck.
2: The Discord <laughs> is so aggressive about cleaning up signal though. Like the other week oh, on, on Waypoint, like. Uh Ricardo's mic is broken. Like there is a buzz on it <laughs> when he speaks. But we weren't getting it through Discord. It's only when we did a VMix call. Like so like wow. it is like their signal processing is fast enough that like you can literally be on a mic that is crackling uncontrollably and nobody on the call will know it. <laughs> unfortunately my uh, audacity recording
1: will not be doing that so right um, I'm, I'm like hot tapping the mute button here on my mic uh but anyway no time for that because i need to give a shout out to all of these incredible title sponsors everybody wants to like mike max's number one fan remy team black i think everyone Michael. wants to be like mike what did i say be Mike.
0: everyone wants to like mike everyone <laughs> implying
1: that they don't already yeah, imagine, imagine being a patron in that tier And then me messing up your name And saying the opposite <laughs> of what you intended um, I guess that's the risk you run When you change your name every week Everyone <laughs> wants to be like Mike Max's number one fan, Remy Team Blackjack, Michael Maves Gordy's Army, At Talking Autos Tanner Cleave. Olivia Evans Pyrite's Card Castle, Erica Siegel Iron Station Studios, Alan McCrary TelemetryDeck.com Gnarly Goat, David Mule Drew Stewart, uh, Bailey Foot. Abdullah Althani, the title sponsor formerly known as Jason Chadwick, Abraham Getchel, Thorpe, Bunny Crimes, say that five times fast, Sniggs, Alex Goucher, Max Valtar, Circuit Demon, Troy Stammer, Umberto Roca, William Rumpf, Wiley L. Batong, and Jason Kelly. In my, you my know head. what a batong is? You know no, what, batong what is it? It's like a weird varmint kind of rat thing. I think, it's, hmm. I think it's South African, which is, I don't know why I did an Australian accent. Maybe it's
2: Australian. These are starting to blur together. The other day, I was convinced that there was something called a telemetry goat. So I was <laughs> like, that's a weird name for like a motorsports <laughs> company, but you know, I guess.
1: Sometimes, you know, goat farming is like, you know, they kind of, it's yeah, free pasture everybody. farming, right? So you got to yeah. find them, you know, you need, yeah, you need telemetry on them. <laughs>
0: Pasture, Maldonado. I don't know. Oh, nice. Uh, so good. All right. Let's <coughs> let's let's take it to the French Grand Prix, <laughs> shall we? Oui, oui, uh The grid looks like this. Charles Leclerc on pole, thanks in no small part to some fantastic teamwork from his teammate, Carlos Sainz, providing a toe that slingshotted Leclerc from turn nine to turn 11 and into pole position. This, of course... Yeah uh if you've never seen this move before it's a little rare because it of course compromises the time of your teammate um which is why they don't do this all the time but we now know by this time by qualifying time that signs would have been starting from the back of the grid with power unit penalties so uh whatever go for it yeah this was not a talladega nights
1: situation (laughs) where (laughs) the number two driver is there to get the number one in, in the front
0: some shake and bake, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> Max Verstappen will start second. Then Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton, second row for Mercedes, will start fourth. Uh, then we've got Lando Norris, George Russell, Fernando Alonso, Yuki Tsunoda, Daniel Ricciardo, and Esteban O'Khan. Uh, some in the top 10 uh, moved up one or two positions after uh, signs, and Magnussen. Both made it into Q3, but of course... Uh, As mentioned with signs, Magnuson also has to start from the back of the grid for power Mm unit penalties. But Esteban kind will start 10th behind him. Valtteri Bottas, Sebastian Vettel, Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Lance Stroll in 15th, then Mick Schumacher. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Zhou Guan Yu, then Mick Schumacher, who had made it into Q2, but had his time deleted for exceeding track limits. Mm, He'll start 17th, unfortunately for him. Uh, Then Nicholas Latifi, and then Carlos Sainz and Kevin Magnuson. Do you want to take us through the start, Danny, of the French yeah, Grand Prix? Sure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. All eyes on the front two, of course, as ever, but uh they both get away um as fast as uh, as they needed to for what is a relatively easy first turn, I feel like, if you were uh, in the lead, you can sort of like pick your line through that and turn two. Um, so perhaps no surprise that there was no big lunges or anything. It was a pretty good overtaking spot coming up anyway, midway through the um, the lap. Uh, the big, I guess, news at the front was Hamilton really just doing Perez pretty hard, and then Lando had a terrible start, and then he basically gets swallowed up by Alonso up the inside. But then because he's out of position, I uh, wasn't expecting that. He also gets done by Russell on the outside. So he kind of gets squeezed between the two of those. Um, and yeah, there was no contact through all those first sections. They were fairly tidy through it uh, until we got down to that first chicane that's sort of in the middle of the long straight, or the two long straights rather, um, where Esteban Ocon had a optimistic... Uh, for a first lap, maybe um, break into the first turn of the chicane and sort of barreled Yuki Tsunoda out of uh the race really, <laughs> um, yeah. and got a five second penalty for his uh for his trouble. I don't think there's any um argument against what happened there. Really, uh, just a shame uh, to see it happen to Tsunoda again.
0: Yes, uh, but the big overtakers aren't at the front. It is Signs, <laughs> yeah. who by lap six has made up six places and sits in 13th place, and Magnussen, who made up eight and sits in 12th.
1: Yeah, Magnussen had a great first lap. Sines didn't. Signs was actually mm. still kind of at the back. I think he was maybe just trying to be careful. Maybe he's not used to being there. Yeah, I um, think
0: Magnuson got up there by the end of the first lap. Yeah, and it, signs was not. Uh, just kind of uh, steadily climbed his way up.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, lap six, Verstappen makes the first of his attacks on Leclerc, and it's something that we'll see a few times in this race, but the Ferrari is so much better in the corners than the Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, which is something that, you know, when they say, oh, this car is better in the corners, it's something I feel you can hear and understand intellectually, but not really grasp until you see it in a race like this so um i thought that was really cool to be able to actually visually see oh yes that's amazing how he can just hang it around the outside there and and uh you know while the red bull is kind of twitching away
1: yeah it was like something at a speed racer or initial d you could like see the gap opening and closing and uh worth mentioning again because hungara ring we're 100 going to have that again because hungara ring has one straight <laughs>
0: <laughs> right and a ton of long corners oh so many Uh, But while we may have been looking forward to some more battling between Leclerc and Verstappen, it is all rendered moot when we get a yellow flag on lap 18 and cut to Leclerc nose first in the barriers, having lost control of his car in turn 11 and gone out of the race once again from the lead. I
1: can't believe that was 18 of 50. It feels like it was at least halfway through the race. Yeah, (laughs) I know. uh, uh, Yeah, it kind of felt like the at least the race was over at that stage the you kind of knew the although mercedes were having a sort of a better weekend than maybe everyone expected that they didn't have you know they were still a second off the pace or something so they weren't going to catch for even if he cruises um so that was a bit of a bit of a downer
0: yeah and there was some radio message about a throttle right after the crash i think it was leclerc just being frustrated he was not able to reverse out yeah. of the wall but just to be clear ferrari has said that there is no link between this crash in the throttle problem that plagued leclerc in austria
1: yeah he just made a Um, mistake on his rear tires maybe going a little bit and just put a little bit too much into that wide turn and he was very i mean i've i've never heard him scream like that on team radio before and then in the interviews afterwards he was 100 percent just taking it on the chin saying like if i want to be a champion i can't do makes mistakes like that like that was not a you know if if i if i want to be like winning and, and collecting points i can't do that um between, almost like
2: oh, more than yeah i don't know go ahead rob sorry no i was gonna say like bet- between like the blow up in the car and then the really like down on himself interview and, and i understand like i, I do it i you know there i think we always admire uh athletes who like when they make a mistake fully own it uh and like take that on their shoulders but like man everything in this entire sequence was like uh what's your sports psychologist uh budget like <laughs> over there ferrari cuz it's yeah. like uh because like it's 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 a real thing they are they have a championship contending car they're up against another championship contending car driven by a very experienced driver in these situations who just bagged his championships so the pressure is off him like it's it's a really demanding uh fight that they are in and i don't like I'm sure sort of, I think I might have alluded to this before, but like of a lot of the drivers near the front, I think Charles is the one I don't I get the least sense of being a driver who is enjoying it. Um mm. like he seems very intense. And that doesn't necessarily like that's not a knock against him. It just seems like he is a guy who is very feels the pressure very keenly. And He's max before a championship kind yeah. of right? yeah, and so like you know, but between like some of the stuff the season, and then all this, I, I, I'm, I just look at it and I I see a situation where like these ups and downs, like it is helpful to have a a better framework to process them than just, I need to be better. I can't make mistakes like that because everyone says I can't make mistakes like that. That's not that, but that doesn't make it less likely that you will. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that's kind of the worrying thing is the, the, the paradox of like high performance, I think is that uh, maybe some people are wired that way, but I, but I do suspect when, when you're, when you feel that level of pressure and the sense that you have to be like millimeter perfect every time, I wonder if you're actually more likely uh, to, to to struggle.
0: Yeah, I, it, and it's we haven't really talked about um, his history in, in a while, but I've got to imagine that you know it's already stressful being a Formula One driver and keeping yeah. your seat. It's doubly stressful being a Ferrari driver, mm. and it's got to be triple stressful if you believe that you are like holding the banner uh for the mentor that you had who Oh yeah, yeah. is no longer here, right? He I, Charles Leclerc has said that this was Jules Bianchi's seat. Um and that Leclerc is merely filling it for him. Uh, and so I, I, that is an enormous amount of pressure to put on yourself. It's also
1: almost his home Grand Prix, just specifically this weekend. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of French support, and I know he's Monégasque, but like you know, potato potato, especially in the south of France. So um, yeah, I, I yeah. Well, it's I a, mean, yeah, we don't want to see him do a Vettel or Ferrari. I think it's kind of like the yeah. the worry, you know, yeah. where everything seems to align, but enough goes wrong that you know you can't win the championship.
2: And not to ascribe like magical powers to like having a father figure in the picture, but like speaking of that history, like Drew, I mean his, his father also died fairly young, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so like there's a, yeah, there's a lot that's happened to him. There are absences in his life that like I think uh, he feels that other drivers don't have to contend with uh, in in the same way. And then yeah, all the other pressures that 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 come with this come with the space, uh, plus like you know, it's not like, uh, the quirks, the quirks and features, uh, of, of the 2022 Ferrari, uh, have, have made it easier. Um, so yeah, I just like, I, you know, shit happens. It's really easy to lose, lose a car when, when tires are getting a little bit marginal, uh, like that. But yeah, everything about that just sort of suggested to me, uh, that, the pressure situation is something that uh, people around him need to help address, mm. um, and that might be true of the Ferrari pit wall as well. But uh, yeah, it oh just, yeah, it speaking just of, jumped out at me. <laughs> uh, by the way, though, you know that really screwed was Haas. They committed so early to the um, yeah. <laughs> yeah to the two stop uh mm-hmm. strategy and there and i think steiner was on the interview was doing an interview just a few left before the incident where it was like <laughs> yes. you know as long as uh you know everyone's pretty committed to the one-stop and all goes on schedule uh you know that then we'll be in it but if they don't womp, womp, yep. womp, and womp. then everyone gets the free two-stop
0: <laughs> yep yeah we get a safety car for Leclerc. tons of people pit including signs uh, from ninth place, who gets released oh. directly into the oh,
1: path of Alex you, Albon? You can't do it. You can't no. do that. Five second penalty.
2: Well, it was a Five weird. It was a weird pit stop though. It was like they were struggling. the The jack was released, and then they had to do one last thing on what the front right. I couldn't tell, but it, the the jack person had basically
1: moved out of the way, but they still have the light, right? But yeah, I hear what you're saying. It was like almost like, oh, we're just waiting for that to get done. But then no one was in charge of like yeah. release.
2: It was just kind of um, a hell broke loose thing where like so, like the pit stop was slow. There's some issue with the tire. And then... did a great job not hitting him.
0: Yeah. yeah he had to like, du-
2: duck into an empty pit box partially, right? Uh, oh, yeah.
0: He had to dive to the left a little bit, which was away from the pits, but he did lock up and it was close. It was very close, yeah. Ooh. Uh, but the restart on lap 20 looked like this. for Stappen on top, then Hamilton, Perez, Russell, Alonso in 5th, Norris, Ricardo, Sainz in 8th, Ocon and Stroll in 10th. Sainz starts gobbling them up. Wagga, 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 yeah. Wagga. Especially with that five-second penalty, he's got uh, quite an incentive. Uh, and he's the only one in the top 10 on medium tires. So he gets past Alonso pretty quickly for fifth place on lap 22. Eight laps later, he does a nice move on Russell for fourth place, going around the outside of turn 10. Uh, there's that Ferrari again. Uh, and then by lap 41, he's up to Perez and tries the same move as he did on Russell, but this time doesn't have enough. Perez closes him off, but he sticks with him, and by taking some different lines to Perez, stays close, and by the ultimate turn... Box Carlos, box Carlos, box Carlos. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's, he's got him set up nicely, but he uh, he dives down the inside... And we get some team radio telling him to pit. Not now, not now. So <laughs> right,
2: they got so uh, Ferrari had to give a comment on this because it was the most unfortunate sounding pit delay. Where we are all watching, <laughs> like they had a couple of radio messages where, where they were debating their pit strategy over the air. Anyway, yeah, right. But then as as the overtake is happening, yeah, we get the we get the message of like box box, uh, and you know he's like not now. And it looks like it's very like you're you're seeing on the screen it almost sounds like did they send that message as he is in the middle of his attack <laughs> on uh, on on Perez? Uh, did did they sort of misread it there? Uh, Ferrari had to had to sort of explain what what happened there, uh, which was that the entire conversation happened before he began that attack on Perez. Mm. Now, it sure sounded to me like Carlos was in the middle of something. Like uh maybe they got it just as he decided, you know, I can do this. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna go in. Um so I'm a little bit I am a little bit skeptical that the timing wasn't a bit awkward. It it sort of seemed like it was another case of them uh trying to over control Carlos's race. Uh and, and it honestly it, it seems specific to signs that he has a very different view of the racing situations than Ferrari Ferrari do and uh that seems that disconnect seems like an issue for the team but this this gets extra weird because after he does this after he does this pass he appears to be pulling away yeah and well it's an
0: odd like oh, the the pit thing is funny but this was an awesome sequence here like he, oh, yeah. Yeah. he dives down the inside and then it's wheel to wheel drag race and down Perez, the front uh, straight. Perez is
1: tough, right? He makes the yeah. car as wide as possible.
0: And then Sines pulls just ahead and seals the position into turn one.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, you, you could also tell though later, because when Russell in the next lap tries to get past Perez, so you can you can see the Perez is sort of fading a little bit here as well. You can you know what I mean? Like maybe maybe Carlos, maybe it looks like Carlos's tires are doing better than they are as well,
2: um, just because of relative pace against Perez. Um, That I do wonder about because, yeah, yeah. like he like he was on the sketchy mediums and with the we should mention just blistering heat, like like everyone in the northern hemisphere, basically. But (laughs) like this was just a brutal uh, like race of Paul Ricard, like tire wear strategies were were really thrown off. Uh, You could see how weird it was in in qualifying. But yeah, he he was on the sketchy mediums, but he appeared to be like clawing some distance away and then Ferrari boxed him anyway uh, and their explanation was, they did not think. Uh, well, they don't. They don't say that. They're they are they are unequivocal that he was not going to bank five seconds on Perez or Russell uh, with the state right. of his tires. That by the end of the race he would have lost both those positions uh, due to the time penalty he had to serve for that uns- unsafe release. So they did boxed we have him. Anyone? Anyway. Did we have anyone who'd been on mediums that long? So was, uh,
0: apparently. 24 laps on the C3 compound, which is what Sainz did, is the farthest any driver has driven on them this year. Right, okay.
1: Yeah. Because it, it, it was... And even the commentators on the international feed were sort of like... I think the rest of it was on, were, were also kind of like perplexed because the relative pace he had seemed to be on. Um, I thought it was a conservative move, I think, at the time. And I thought... Look, Ferrari are in a constructors fight this year. I don't know. At the end of this race, it seems like Verstappen has to do a lot wrong to lose this championship at this stage. Um, but they're still in the fight. And also, they're still kind of, I think they're in the fight for first in the constructors, but also they're kind of in the fight for second because yeah. of Mercedes this week. So I feel like maybe, okay, you're, you're just trying to make sure that he gets as many points as possible. I, I can see it. Especially but, with
0: that car that went out.
1: Yes, well that's the point yeah it's so, the same as last week right where they're scrambling to get as many points from the cars that are on the track as they possibly can which was kind of a red bull problem a few years ago. So uh, yeah, I feel like that at the time now I'm not so sure it wasn't as bad a call. I I thought it was worse on the mo- in the day. I don't think it's <laughs> as terrible actually as as
2: yeah, it kind of I'm still so on the fence about it because here's the other thing mm. though they still let him run a little bit as if they're gonna let him like maybe build up a little yeah. bit of a banker and then they bring him in and so and, the and way that every, everyone was out, suffering like but he no longer had too? time he no longer had time to recover the pit stop gap and I think if they'd done it earlier he mu- oh, like he right. had enough pace yeah. in the bag that maybe he actually could have. Uh, at least gotten one of those positions back uh with with his superior pace I don't know uh, but they, they their explanation is they they pulled him in they wanted the fastest lap uh, and they they wanted him uh, on on fresh tire and and so so, that so was were the, they
1: right when when they said come in when he was fighting parrots well that's the thing that entire skirmish might have been meaningless um, and it might have also screwed his tires even worse I don't know if yeah the next couple of laps I, yeah yeah it's, it's with the heat stuff, and I feel like it's going to happen again this weekend with Hungary because Hungary is a hot is a hot race anyway <laughs> in July, and it's it might be even crazier that I think that also is sort of like terrifying a lot of we weren't there right i think on the ground there it was unbelievably hot and that probably plays into it too you know you're worried to get back and sunburned you know what i mean it's in your wondered
2: a few times if people were like struggling with the heat just like with mental acuity like ted kravitz gets weird fucking interviews and like he can be an odd guy but there were moments where i was like this is just word salad and like (laughs) it would like and he was talking about the heat and there were a few moments where like you hear hear drivers uh gassed over the radio and i did kind of wonder too if like it's hot as hell on a racetrack it's 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 the definition of a heat island right it's did you see- it's all car exhaust and like <laughs> radiant like yeah, concrete
1: totally did you see the after the race i won't say who obviously but the th- the three drivers who were at the podium all were meant to stay out front for interviews and all three of them like ran into this indoor uncovered <laughs> area, area. Yeah, yeah to get out of the way and they were told like, no, 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 go there. And they were like, "Yeah, we have to." And Hamilton was like drinking water
2: because his drink was well, drinks bottled. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude. and they all, and all of them, when they got to the end of the race, all of them looked like gaunt. Like you yeah. see how much lost, water weight had just disappeared. I think he all said of them, three kilos, I think it was nuts.
0: Yeah, that's what he estimated. Yikes. Um. But yeah, around that time, Russell, I think we mentioned, smells blood in the water on Perez and attempts a lunge down the inside of him at a tight left hander. His front right makes contact with Perez's left side, and Perez has, has to dive off track to avoid a worse collision. Uh, no penalty for Russell.
2: Well, he seemed to think it should be for, for uh, <laughs> yeah, Perez. Yeah, which is classic
0: Perez.
1: <laughs> put, put yourself in the crash and then save it's it. Beginning you know
0: what I mean? to, I'm kind of feeling like we're seeing a classic Russell at this point. Yeah, like, a are, bit. Does anybody else feel this? We're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's... We're stretching here.
2: I, Drivers I, do this, but, you know. Yeah, but it was it was weird because, like, so, first of all, he is convinced that he had the letter of the law on his side. Um, and it might be that there is a bit of, there's been all sorts of weirdness around, like, some of these rule enforcements uh, with the stewards. And, and, and remember, George is the head of the Drivers Association this year. And so he has been, like, at the head of these conversations, where everyone's, like, really pissed about how things are being officiated he had a weird call go against him last last race uh and so like i do wonder if he's trying to like make a point about some of the things they're being told but the weird thing is that is a chicane like it is not a, it is not an isolated turn in a chicane like that that move is never on because the guy has to turn in you because he has to like both cars are going to have to negotiate the ensuing right hander immediately, and so George, like first making that argument uh as if his attempt at dive bombing for the position was somehow the 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 sporting move, <laughs> and Perez was uh <laughs> what was was playing uh you know committed a foul was ridiculous, but then to not let it go to the point where uh Total Wolf had to get on the radio. And just be like, "Yeah, dude, let it go. You gotta, you got other. You're gonna have to take care of this business uh, on track." Um, it was, it was very funny. It was like, again, you see different things uh, as the pressure ratchets up. Russell is a Mercedes driver now, and you know everything at Williams was gravy. He's always over performing now, and I, and I feel like we talked about that phenomenon of like some drivers just keep ending up in each other's ways. Russell and Perez, it's it's like it's like Hamilton and Albon during that one year. It's like just yeah, the, the right. race strategy and pace—they're going to keep coming together.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, Carlos Sainz still has ten laps to make up some positions on his new medium tires. Uh, that gets a little curtailed though by a virtual safety c- car for Zhou Guan Yu, mm. who stops in the runoff on lap forty-nine with a technical issue, some kind of misfire. With his Ferrari engine, um, so we get uh, I think like what one lap virtual safety car, yeah. And on the uh, mm-hmm. the restart, it uh, the top five looks like this: Verstappen is in first with a 14 second gap to Hamilton, who's got a nine second gap to Perez, who's got a 0.8 second gap to Russell, and then a 27 second gap to Signs, who made up those four positions in about five laps. So
1: awesome so yeah, yeah
0: pretty cool not, not bad um, and uh, then we see maybe
1: the funniest like byproduct of virtual safety car strategy i have ever seen this is i didn't know this was even a thing really until this happened um yeah go ahead, right Drew. so
0: okay let's see uh, all eyes are on russell to see if he can get the jump on Perez, and boy does he because when the green flag waves russell Drives around him like he was a backmarker. Uh, <laughs> Paul de says Perez was caught sleeping, but after the race, Perez says something went wrong with the VSC information that got relayed to his car. As it turns out, it was weird for everyone. So what is supposed to happen is that the teams are given the message, uh, virtual safety car ending. And then the race goes green at, uh, from the regulations quote anytime between 10 and 15 seconds later, it's random. Uh, The teams got the VSC ending message and relayed that to the drivers, but the race didn't restart within that window because of a hardware issue, in the words of an FIA spokesman, um, which led to an automated switch to backup systems that worked exactly as they should in that scenario, so Mm. says the spokesperson. Um, And it sounds like then the teams got another VSC ending message, which then behaved as usual. But the two messages like that tripped Perez up. Um, This quote from Race Fans, Perez says, I got the message that it was going to end at a turn nine. And so I went for it, but it didn't end. And I had the message saying that it's going to end all the way through turn 12. I was just too close to it. So I think this means that when he got the first message that it was ending, he burned up some of his lap time too early. Because if he had kept that speed up after turn nine he would have breached virtual safety car rules by lapping too quickly. So he had to back off, now even slower than he would have been going otherwise, which is what caused Russell to jump him.
1: And what Russell was doing was, and he must have been quite confused by the virtual safety car stuff too as, as well, but what Russell was doing was basically holding off till the last minute. He was, he was banking Delta time so that he could push as hard as fat as as possible when the safety car happened so that when this virtual safety car ended that he had more momentum that he was Going right, fast, which is
0: what Perez ha- was trying to do. Was trying to do, but it yeah. didn't end. So, so the had opposite, to reverse it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So the opposite things were happening, where Perez was having to slow down to gain back the lap time, and Russell was having to speed up to hit his delta as well and do the overtake. And it just looked ridiculous, especially the start finish straight. I
0: mean, <laughs> but that's got to be a matter of like a fraction of a second. That like I, I want to know from George, and he probably will never say anything about this. Is like, were you about to hit the gas pedal and do the same thing? right? Right. Like, what was the margin there? How much longer would you have waited uh, until you know, that um, uh, the, the second message came in? I don't know. Yeah, wild. Weird. Um, Perez does fight back and we mercifully get a picture in picture on the final lap with Verstappen crossing the finish line <laughs> of uh, Perez making a final move but he can't quite get around Russell and has to settle for fourth. Mm. And that's the French Grand Prix. C'est ça. Uh, Formula1.com has some cool stats here for us. Max Verstappen wins the race. He is now at 27 career wins, tying Sir Jackie Stewart for the 7th place all-time. Lewis Hamilton in second, his 300th Grand Prix start. Also the fifth time he and Verstappen, I'm sorry, the 50th time he (laughs) and Verstappen have stood on the podium together. Uh, This is Mercedes' first, second place or higher this season and the Mm. first double podium for them this year. Uh, Yet another top five for George Russell in third. Uh, Russell has finished in the top five at every race this year where he has got beyond the first corner. Uh, Sergio Perez in fourth, Carlos Sainz in fifth. He started 19th, I may uh, remind everyone. Uh, Fernando Alonso in 6th, he breaks the all-time record for laps completed in Formula 1, passing Kimi Raikkonen's mark of 18,621. Lando Norris in 7th, Esteban Ocon in 8th, the first French GP points for Ocon.
1: Oh, terrific, yeah. In his career.
0: Uh, And Alpine slash Renault's best result at Paul Ricard since the French Grand Prix returned to the calendar in 2018 and the first time both Alpines finished in the top eight this season. Daniel mm. Ricciardo in ninth. I think this is the same positions that they were in the last race. Uh, and the first time that Daniel Ricciardo has scored consecutive points this season. Oh, God. Yikes. Lance Stroll in 10th. Sebastian Vettel in 11th. He crunched into the back of Stroll in the final corner. Uh, Vettel <laughs> says because Stroll hit the brakes again. <laughs> what is going on in Aston Martin? <laughs> Uh, Lance Sterell, I think, has four points now. Let's see, in the Drivers' Championship. That's correct. All of them, one-point finishes in 10th place. Consistency. That's right. <laughs> uh, Special 11th. Pierre Gasly, 12th. Alex Albon, 13th. Valtteri Bottas, 14th. Mick Schumacher, 15th. Joe Guan Yu, 16th. Although he's technically classified uh, here, but he did go out. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda, DNF. Nicholas Latifi and Kevin Magnussen, both DNF. Uh, both him and Latifi going out after a collision on lap 38. And then Charles Leclerc, the last of the DNFs, do not finish.
1: Uh, speaking uh, of statistics, finish. there was a good one. Is it, a, what's his name? Vers Mylander, is that his name? Safety car driver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He passed uh, 420 laps. Um,
2: nice. So, shout out to him. Nice. Nice. Uh- there's three quick things I want to hit about this race. Uh well sort of the podium and just the the crowd. One, uh we all need to appreciate the official Mercedes Ham Russy uh, tweet. Oh yeah. Uh Beautiful. Th- they sent out. Uh they're 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 committed to making ham russy a thing. Um and I think that is bold. And uh, I like should...
1: Rustleton more, but alright.
2: Yeah, no ham hamrussy. Uh we're we're <laughs> that's that's where we live in now. Uh two, did we all catch Helmet Marco uh, hip yes. checking Max's oh partner, uh, aside to get to the front of the line to hug him, uh, after he won the race. Amazing. I did.
1: It was so awkward. Helma Marco. Helma Marco, I think consistently the least the person you want from F one to turn up to your dinner party the least. He's oh just God. such an awkward, weird, evil man. Just uh,
2: <laughs> embarrassing. Just embarrassing shit. Like shouldering uh yeah moving her Sh- head away. It's yeah. Like, it's incredible. And mine. her just being like, Yeah, it's fine. He's like mine. Uh yeah, it's it's that that was a that was a weird little beep. But that also reminded me, um, <laughs> no sign of the orange army like Hmm, they like really muted presence and i'm Mm. kind of wondering about that because um like i it it did seem like in some of the reaction to austria like there was just a lot of stuff coming out around, around the uh behavior of the orange army grandstand specifically uh that they are like they do have a reputation for being just kind of a shitty, shitty sports crowd. And I do wonder if that's been tamped down. I wonder if maybe like did this. I wonder how this was covered in Dutch media. You know, there's there's also that aspect of it, too, is it's not a big country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do wonder if the discourse shifted a bit to be like, hey, like some of this, some of the Ver- Verstappen fan base is embarrassing.
1: I wonder uh, Um, if anyone is a listener who is in the Netherlands, I think that would be like very interesting to hear because definitely you're right. There is like a different sort of F1, uh, I want to say bubble because that's kind of like derogatory, but like there's a different world right over there with regard to F1 and Versappen that we don't get to
2: see. Or the broadcast just didn't cover it as much. Like Maybe they're also like, uh, maybe we want to play up the Orange Army thing less. Uh, I could also see France not allowing them another goddamn smoke bombs uh because like also by the way uh like you got the man you know what i don't know how i feel about i don't think is a great race at paul ricard i'm not like i'm not like damn we you know paul ricard we never knew you but france uh great f1 venue one live band for the uh for the anthems it makes it like everyone should have a live band two they banned the crypto advertising and did left they, oh, everyone. Did. Did and you couldn't even run the logos. What they had Amazing. to do was try to do some sort of stylized thing that sort of alluded to the logo, but it didn't work oh, at that's all. That's what those were. That's what all the symbols were. Because every team is covered in crypto shit, and France, <laughs> uh, and look, France not a perfect country by any means, regressive in many ways, but France uh like no does cigarettes? recognize that crypto is bullshit and should be treated with the same uh disdain as like cigarette ads.
0: <laughs> uh, a couple of final stats here. <clears throat> Charles Leclerc, as F1.com helpfully points out, has now retired while leading three different Grand Prix's this season. Oh, Spain, boy. Azerbaijan, and France, equal to a potential loss of 75 points. His Ferrari is called the F175. Oh, that's funny. It's a curse. It's the Madden curse. Uh, and race fans points out that now Charles Leclerc... And I hesitate to even bring this up. Oh, oh! Could win every race uh, this this season, every following race this season. Mm. And if Max Verstappen comes second, he will win the championship. Verstappen will.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's a big gap. That is a big gap for where we are at the moment. Also,
0: that kind of thing never happens. No, <laughs> like unless somebody you do unless get somebody that consistency in Formula
1: One. <laughs> the only way sixty three points I think it is. the only way Verstappen loses the championship this year is if he has to miss races because of some sort of illness or injury. Like, I don't know. Or he has an incredibly bad run of form, which we have never seen him do.
0: Dude, weirder things have happened in Formula One. And the mid-season break, you know, it's like like you get different people sometimes after that. (laughs) And uh, that's coming up after Hungary. But before we get there... Let's go down the driver standings. Max Verstappen is on top of the driver championship with 233 points to Charles Leclerc's 170. Just behind him, Sergio Perez with 163. Carlos Sainz is in fourth with 144. George Russell in fifth with 143. Very tight battles there. Lewis Hamilton is in sixth with 127 points. Lando Norris in seventh with 70. Esteban Ocon in eighth with 56. Valtteri Bottas in ninth with 46, and Fernando Alonso in tenth with 37. Behind him, Kevin Magnussen has 22. Daniel Ricciardo has six. I'm sorry, 19. Pierre Gasly has 16. Sebastian Vettel has 15, and Mick Schumacher is in 15, 15th place. With 12. Then we've got Tsunoda with 11, Gu- uh, Joe Guanyu with 5, Stroll with 4, Albon with 3, Nicholas Latifi, and Nico Hulkenberg with 0. In the constructor standings, Red Bull is on top with 396 points to Ferrari's 314. Mercedes is in third with 270. Alpine's got 93, McLaren's in fifth with 89. Alpha Romeo's got 51. They're just slowly keeping on, keeping on back there. Mm. Uh, Gene and team have 34 points. Another um uh oh no, I was about to say another good haul for them. That's not true. They, both of their cars went out. Or no, both of their cars mm. uh didn't score any points. Um Alpha Towery has 27 points in eighth place. Then we've got Aston Martin with 19 and Williams with three. And that's the way things look as we head into Hungary. But Before that, we've got some news here. Uh, I just wanted to point out a little bit of a rule tweak, you know me, to the 2023 season. Uh, We've talked a lot about team member burnout Mm. on this podcast and how if you uh, grind all of your teammates, team members, your crew into the ground... The only people you will have left are, uh, I don't know, you, you will have to keep getting new people and those will not be the best people. So they're trying to curb burnout a little bit. Um, the 2023 regulations have, uh, made some tweaks to the, um, uh, oh my God, what's the word? The curfews that happen after, uh, it's, uh, qualifying and practice and, um, uh, various paddock uh, sessions Wednesday and Thursday, um, and to be in Friday. your home by eight o'clock. That's right.
1: All teenagers. You are no longer
0: allowed to work on your car. Mm. Uh, there, that used to be a gap of thirteen hours, but now it is uh, going to be fourteen hours, and then another switch to fifteen hours from twenty twenty four. So they're getting two more hours in the day that they cannot work on their cars. Mm-hmm um in addition there are some exceptions that you can use like if you have a crash or something and hey we need a we need an exception here to be able to fix the car um the number of exceptions or jokers as they're called the teams can deploy will be reduced as well so that's just going to mean uh a lot fewer late nights for the crew mm. Uh, I also like that they pointed out here that you're not you're not allowed to work on the car, but you don't have to leave uh, the paddock. You can stay quote for the sole purpose of exercise on the circuit, meals, and socializing. Nice so thank you, Formula One rules. Uh, <laughs> apparently, also during COVID, they had to reduce. They wanted to reduce the congestion at the paddock turnstiles, like people right. coming in. Uh, in the morning, so personnel were allowed a half hour earlier uh, to take breakfast, but uh, could not work on in the garage during that time. That is also going to stay
1: because COVID's over. COVID, yeah, we defeated COVID. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. COVID's dead. COVID <laughs> has been compromised to a. <laughs>
2: Um, to, to yeah. a to a permanent end, permanent of, end exactly. of perpetual evolution uh and infection <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> surges uh i mean look this this is cool like in forcing this kind of stuff um is neat I wonder how much it changes also the uh i mean i guess the exceptions are built in but uh like if you if you are a team with a driver who keeps binning the car on uh on during qualifying and needs needs uh, overtime repairs that will eventually get to you uh but but I also I also do think like one one thing you like work conditions are part of it uh but I do wonder if one of the things the the that they're going to have to consider in the future is maybe prescribe how some buckets of the uh like cost cap have to be used because ultimately this is going to come down to teams are going to run their uh they're going to hire as few mechanics and engineers as they possibly can uh to work these things right like it's 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 going to be that they run lean uh and also you know you you want a clear varsity squad uh that's going to the going to these races uh but with the extended calendar uh and and the rapid turnaround like my impression is yeah like they are grueling race weekends and like enforcing some new rules around that will be helpful but everything i've read certainly makes it sound like the real issue is that it's always going to be grueling to do a race weekend it's just now there's like over 20 of them yeah Mm.
0: yeah Yeah. i mean they could uh there could be rules around (laughs) rotation of staff too we haven't haven't heard anything about that. I think some teams do it uh, sometimes, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the next step here. It's a, it's a small change here, but um, I'm glad to point it out where uh, yeah. where it does happen.
1: Yeah, change it in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, Danny.
1: Yeah, uh, just a little bit of news here. So Haas are getting an upgrade. They were trying to get it out before France. Uh, Haas is sort of historically always has a little bit of trouble with spare parts because they basically don't make any of their car themselves (laughs) or they make as little pieces as they possibly need to uh, as per the regulations Um, but the upgrade is coming Magnussen is the driver getting it Uh, so it's just a sort of a nice moment to check in on Haas and see how they're doing Magnussen is of course leading in terms of the teammates he's in 11 position with 22 points Uh, Mick Schumacher of course was sort of looking for his first points in F1 for a long time there Um, he's actually in 15th now at 12 so it's not a crazy gap between the two of them you know one bad race for kev and one great race for mick and you've basically um closed that gap but uh obviously Magnussen, i think is a good number one driver senior driver to have in that team he is sort of um having a like he's his second career in f1 which he wasn't expecting so i I think he's enjoying it for what it is and um, he seems to be a kind of a good uh, fit for mentor for uh, for Mick as well, without being too overbearing. So that upgrade coming to Magnussen's car in Hungary, we'll see what the difference uh, therein is made. Um, but yeah, decent season for Kev. I'm just happy to have him back, but um, he seems to be racking up some decent points for Haas, which they desperately need as they try and shimmy their way up to a higher points position than the constructors.
0: Well, it remains to be seen whether... They will uh, make good use of those upgrades yeah. in Hungary, Danny.
1: Yes, Armagherd, Hungary Ring. We are back at the Hungara Ring. This is a great circuit. Uh, it's as old as I am. 1986 is when we had our first Grand Prix here, a year after it was finished. It's 4.381 kilometers long, which means we get a nice ripe 70 laps this time around. Uh, Drew is going to convert that to American, I think. Um, this is a funny little track. Uh, Uh, 2.72 miles. 2.72 miles of turns. Uh, This is a a funny little track. The start-finish straight is essentially the only real straight here. There are are straight parts of the track, but none of them you would think of as a sort of Paul (laughs) Ricard-style straight where you can really DRS somebody. Um, There is only one DRS uh, zone in this track as well, which is... um, Again, remarkable because oftentimes they will stick them on parts of the track that kind of aren't long enough, or or maybe kind of turn a little bit, like in Austria. Um, but that's not the case here. Um, is sorry, there, there only is, one? Sorry, is, sorry, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, after turn, they have a short one. There's one point, and then the start finish straight is a detection zone, and then turn one is a fairly sharp. Uh, right-hander, it's almost a chicane, or almost a hairpin, Um, and then there is a short DRS uh, window there as well, down to turn two. Um, It will be interesting to see, because I think DRS did facilitate some overtaking, obviously, into one, and kind of into two, but mostly because there's so many... ways you can take turn one it's you know it's not like austin where because it's like uphill and weird like there's only one real good way to take that turn uh you can take one wide and get a bit of run up into two and with these new cars again we're sort of throwing i'm throwing up my hands because um it might they might be able to uh hug each other a little bit more throughout those parts but then also once you like escape out of turn two and you're into like the entering the fast uh sort of sector two um this is a part of the track historically where drivers have tried to stay close, but not too close, but close enough so that once they come out of the slow Sector 3, they can get the jump on them on the star finish rate. It'll be interesting to see if any of these turns open up into overtaking turns. The one reason I think they might not is because this isn't the widest track in the world for the speeds that you're taking. Like Sector 2 is really fast, and it's very twisty, so there's not much... Um, uh you know wiggle room there to like get around people and the other one is this is not circa paul ricard this is gravel mania there you know it is (laughs) it feels like a go-karting track in more ways than one um so the the risk of 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 overshooting it or bidding it here is way higher than a paul ricard um so uh, it's going to be a very interesting track the other thing i'll mention as well is, like i said earlier hungary in july this is historically one of the hottest races of the year um So given the heat wave, which is dissipating a bit in Europe, uh, I think last week was the worst. This weekend, it's not supposed to be as bad. Uh, I'm going to be in Ireland myself, and I've been checking the weather. Um, But I suspect it'll still be hot enough to cause um, teams a little bit of trouble and and make the tyre strategy interesting. So um, this could be another tyre strategy race, but we hopefully might see some really close fighting as well and some interesting overtaking positions.
0: Well, the weather looks interesting, Because qualifying day uh, looks to be fairly warm, 80 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, or 27 Celsius. Uh, Precipitation, though, with a humidity of 59%, we've got a 75% chance of precipitation, and perhaps lightning. Oh, baby. Uh, Which is not as fun, because then I think they have to... Post phone yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's like golf. <laughs> going, fingers, yeah. Fingers crossed for that. <laughs> um uh, let's see. Race day, slightly cooler, only by a couple degrees. Uh, but also a, a, a slight chance of rain. By race time, it looks to be about oh twenty percent. Um so I don't know. S- scattered showers that day. Mm. Who knows? Beautiful. Uh, Love to see uh, it. Qualifying though, I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> that a wet qualifying can be very, very fun. So, fingers crossed for that. Uh, if you want to join our Fantasy League, you can do so. Still the first half of the season. Well, kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> using the link in the show notes. Uh, you can also send us an email, shiftf one at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, at shiftf one I'm at Drew Scanlon. That is at Rob Zachney and at Danny O'Dwyer. That's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny?
1: I really hope the moving folks, hear this. Let's race around the
0: world! Well, we've got the Camping World (laughs) Trucks kicking things off on Friday, July 29th at the Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park in Indianapolis, Indiana for the T-Sport 200. T-Sports. Keep your T-levels high. Okay, maybe that is what it stands for. World Superbike Championship is at Autodrome most, <laughs> the most Autodrome of... Take uh, that, Autodrome least. <laughs> of exactly. the Czech Republic. Um, <coughs> excuse Where me. is that? In the Czech Republic. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> we've also got Formula 2 and Formula 3 and the W Series supporting Formula 1 this nice. weekend. At the Hungaroring, ring. As we did last weekend with W Series and F2, yeah. Indeed. Uh, Formula E is racing in London this weekend. We've got Hold two on, E Pri's. It's fucking a fucking Pri, mate. Let's how I say it. <laughs> uh, uh, IndyCar is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course Ooh. this weekend. Road We've road. got the NASCAR Xfinity Series. That's like NASCAR 2. NASCAR 2, the sequel. Also at uh, the Indy Motor Speedway. Wait a minute. Oh. Wait. Yeah. IndyCar and NASCAR yeah. are at the same track? Yep. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's the Penzoil 150 at the Brickyard. <laughs> uh, we've got the supercars at the Bend Motorsport Park in Talem Bend, Australia. Oh, not Oregon. Okay. No. No. Uh, the World Rally Cross Championship is in Germany this weekend. And we got NASCAR. Oh my! Also at Indy for the rubber Verizon Two Hundred at the Brickyard, Xfinity and Verizon. Can you hear my cars now?
1: T-Mobile. Who else we got? Gaco. That's not. They don't do phones, but nope. you
0: know. Side uh, Formula One. F One. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, Friday, July twenty ninth. Things kick <laughs> off. At 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Free Practice 1 is on ESPNU. Then Free Practice 2 uh, is at 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Saturday, July 30th, Free Practice 3 starts at 7 a.m. on ESPN2, followed by qualifying at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN2. And the Sunday, everyone, July 31st, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on espn dude i'm watching it european time hell yeah oh yeah So lucky beautiful so lucky uh all right well final thoughts danny ahead of the final race before uh the mid-season break yeah i guess just enjoy it because we're gonna have
1: a little break not that long a break it's usually pretty fast especially for us because we do post-race and pre-race so it'll just be like a little tiny little gap there but yeah looking forward to it um yeah it's it's a the season is really starting to take shape now you're starting to see where the battles are um so i'm looking forward to the second half and hopefully a good send-off for the first awesome
0: uh rob final thoughts
2: yeah uh it i think the racing generally has been pretty good like i don't think that was as, as good as we got from paul ricard last year but it was still some good duels it's fun how close these cars can 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 run together hopefully that bodes well for uh hungary uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the for the latter half of the season and uh, the sprint to finish.
0: Anything can happen. Uh, if you'd like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so over at patreon.com slash Shift F1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Meow.